This is the Monday Mindset Podcast, where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 57. This week, it's Daisy's turn to share something with us. Daisy, what do you have? Well, Terry, I have had a monumentally crappy week. Oh, no. (laughs) Which I'm going to tell you all about afterwards. But long story short, I've had a nightmare with my builders, which has meant that I've spent a lot of time sorting out building stuff. So I haven't had much time to be listening to podcasts. So it was a bit of a frantic scurry around yesterday, trying to find an episode that we could talk about. So I went to one of my favorite podcasts, Rongan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More. And I listened to one, I have to say, his long forms are getting longer and longer and longer. It was two and a half hours or something. And it was one of those ones that sounded like it would be great. And not that it wasn't a good interview and a good podcast, but it just wasn't something that was going to work for us. (laughs) So that was a bust. So I had a look this morning and he has started doing, just like we were talking about before, before we started recording about Lewis Howes, has different episodes he does. And he has started doing what he calls bite-size episodes. And what this seems to be is that he's taking a bite-sized chunk out of a previously recorded episode, presumably the part that he thinks is most interesting or is most going to get you interested in going back and listening to that original episode but they're they're nice they're small they're bite-sized they're around about 15 minutes so I thought well this could be ideal let's have a scroll through the bite-sized episodes and see if anything jumps out and you are a very firm believer in this that the right thing jumps out at the right time and something caught my eye And that was an episode about meditation. The episode number is 182, and it's called The Benefits of Meditation for Body and Mind with somebody called Light Watkins. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. Nope. I hadn't heard of him either. The original episode is way back number 23, uh, which is called The Truth About Meditation with like Watkins. And after listening to this bite-sized episode, I have to say, I'm really keen to go back and listen to the original, but I haven't done so yet. So this is is kind of, I think, maybe going to be one of those slight teaser introduction episodes that is something that's got me interested. And then I'm going to go away and listen to the longer episode and start doing the things (laughs) and maybe come back another time and sort of report back after having had that experience for a while. But anyway, it jumped out to me because meditation is something that for a long time I've thought would probably really benefit me. And I've kind of tried it a little bit. There was that course with Mind Valley that I think maybe we both looked at. And I have to say, yeah, it was it was quite nice. I quite enjoyed it, but I haven't carried on with it. I haven't been consistent. And it jumped out at me after a particularly stressful week. And I thought, "Mm, yes, this is something I need to look at again. So I'm going to listen to this episode. And I'm glad that I did because it has got me really interested. So Light Watkins is an author, an international speaker and a meditation teacher. And for him, meditation, he says, is the key habit for all the other things that we want to do. 
And he maintains that meditation every day makes you want to do the things you want to do that will benefit you. And he uses a few examples, but one that I thought would interest you is eating healthily. And he says that meditation makes you more likely to want to eat the nutritious foods, but also allows your body to digest those foods well and metabolize them more efficiently. For all the things we want to do lifestyle wise, he says, to feel healthier and better about ourselves, meditation will help you achieve them. It lowers stress, it gives you more happiness and a sense of inner fulfillment. And you're more likely to want to do those things that you know will benefit you. If you reduce the stress that tends to lead to poor choices and poor health because of that, then naturally, he says, things will start getting better. So Rongan asked him, what he would say to people who say something like meditation is not for me or that they can get similar benefits from another activity like going for a walk or a run, for example. You've probably heard people saying, you know, running is my meditation. That's what I do. And to him, saying meditation is not for me is like saying sleep is not for me. So you can see how important it is for him. But how important he thinks it is for everybody and general well-being. And about the comments about having activities as meditation, he says what people really mean by this is that those activities are meditative. So when you're doing them, you're not really thinking too much about other things. You're not you know, ruminating on past events or worrying about future events. You're generally more in the moment relaxed and content and we all naturally like this present moment awareness and we know it's good for us this is one of the things that makes us want to do these activities regularly because they allow us to be just in the present moment and I can attest to that I love my swimming in the sea and it's even if I'm walking down there and I'm ruminating on things as I get there you know, once you've got in the water and you start having, you have to be really present in the moment because it's bloody cold, you know, it, but it just brings you into that present state, doesn't it? So I can see why people sort of might refer to it as their sort of meditation, but I can see the way he was explaining. It's just that sort of subtle difference. But he says it's very different to a seated, eyes closed meditation practice. And one of the biggest differences is that apparently, uniquely, to seated, eyes closed meditation practice is that it has a carryover effect. That present moment awareness can stabilize you beyond the seated, eyes closed experience. And the more you do it, the more your body gets used to it. And scientific studies have shown that if you practice it consistently, at some point, your body will start to maintain that calm state past the meditation routine. So you'll be able to maintain a deeper state of rest and heightened level of awareness when your eyes are open. It's as though this does start fading away with those daily stresses, but consistent practice can lead to it stabilizing and holding through greater stress and pressures until you end up having it all the time. And that certainly appealed to me. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, this sounds good. So he says, really, meditation is less about 
what goes on in the meditation itself, but more about the knock-on effect for the rest of your day and the rest of your life. That's what's really important. And that's the real key of the, the benefits to it. So what Light says is that he wants people to think that meditation is amazing. That if you learn how to meditate without trying, it will have such a great impact on your life that you'll want and look forward to doing it every day. If meditation makes you do everything more effectively, it's kind of like taking a bit of a life booster pill. And he says time spent meditating is an investment in time spent in the rest of your life. But the key is consistency every day, but it doesn't need to be for very long. And it's not a daily habit because you're disciplined, but because you so thoroughly enjoy the experience, both during and after meditation, that you want to continue. You start to see benefits in your life. And he says it's more about the perception of your life that changes significantly. So it's, you know, it's the way you look at things. Maybe you have an increase in positivity, in gratitude, a lowering in stress, a lowering in maybe, or a bit more slow to lose your temper, things like that. It's more about what's going on in your mind, a mindset thing. And then it comes down to the practice itself. And he says it's very important to remember that your mind is not the enemy of meditation. Most people think that their minds fight against meditation. This is certainly something that I've thought, that they have to reach some kind of mythical, still and tranquil state, this inner peace that maybe, you know, you've, you've got it in your head that you've, you know, you've seen other people talking about it, you've seen on uh, movies maybe, you've just got a bit of a false perception of what meditation is. And that's certainly something I've thought. I've, you know, I've been worried about the fact that I've got lots of thoughts going on in my head when I'm supposed to be sitting there all still and peaceful and meditating. And he says, no, no, not at all. You know, actually, if you've got all these thoughts going around, you're absolutely, you're doing it right. He says you should allow your mind to do what it wants to do. Start thinking about your mind as an ally and not an enemy when it comes to meditation. So it's not about focus or awareness on anything because that keeps the mind pinned to surface awareness with activity going on in your mind. He says, the trick is to treat every single thought you have as legitimate. When you have the attitude about your mind that all thoughts are okay, and it means that you're doing it perfectly, then it becomes easier. Normal thoughts are part of the experience. They start talking about, Rongan talks about how people worry about having a bit of a monkey mind. But Light says, no, monkey mind is okay. And it's more than that, actually, that you need a monkey mind to do it correctly. You need to go through the monkey mind phase. And he says, knowing that takes the pressure off, that there isn't a right way. Your mind just wants to be happy and is looking through loads of thoughts to find that happiness. He says, you can think a lot in meditation. That's okay. Just allow it to happen and the stillness will eventually come on its own. Don't try chasing it. And he ends the episode with uh, saying that stillness will happen as a side effect of you celebrating your mind. I rather liked that. So I haven't 
talked about and they didn't talk about the perhaps the ways into how to do it that's what I'm going to go on to next I'm hoping that that's what's going to be in the episode that this is a clip from so that's where I said it's kind of a bit of a a bit of a teaser but it really jumped out to me at the end of a stressful week and I know you're a very firm believer as I said in the beginning that the right thing appears to you just when you need it so I think this is what I'm going to be going on to listen to and start practicing next week very good and I would say that it comes to you when you need it because you attract it in. You mm. you attract what you are seeking by what you're focusing on. Mm. Well, I have so many thoughts, and you and I have talked some about this when we talked about the Mind Valley course with Emily Fletcher, maybe? Yes, I was trying to remember her name. It's called the M word, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, but Emily Fletcher, yes, that rings a bell. And I, I'm someone who is such a big believer in meditation, but I'm not someone who does it. Mm, and I'm, I know I fall into that category of someone I say, I don't do it well. Mm. And so if I'm not going to do it well, then I don't do it. But I think it's really about just a dedicated time. Mm. And one of the people who talks a lot about it is Abraham Hicks. And I've mentioned Abraham Hicks to you before, but one of the things they say about it is it's really just kind of downtime so that the thought doesn't have to be productive. You don't have to solve problems and things. And one of the things they recommend is having a sound. Hmm. So I, when I would do this, I would, I had an app on my phone that just had background sound effects and not real distracting ones, just kind of monotonous ones, like a fan (laughs) humming. And then you just focus on that sound And then like 15 minutes later, you kind of come out of it. But it's not purposely disengaging from thought and getting rid of active thought and things. It's just focusing on this one thing and this sound eventually kind of takes you out of your thoughts. Yeah, it's a good trick, isn't it? To Without forcing yourself Mm -hmm. to stop thinking about things, Mm -hmm. you're just gradually putting your focus on something else. And it's, it's reminding me actually, yes, about her training was similar to that Mm -hmm. and I can't remember whether she had a no she didn't have a sound she would get you to focus on the word one I think visualize it and hear the sound hear the sound but then allow thoughts to come as they came and allow them to sort of flow past but just keep coming back to this one 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 so a similar a similar technique by the sounds mm-hmm. of it. Just a gentle distraction without feeling like you're being forced to focus on something. Mm-hmm. One of the other thoughts I had in something you said maybe more toward the end is the idea that you kind of need the monkey mind and like all these kind of thoughts swirling around and then you'll end up kind of focusing on the one or paying attention to the one that brings more joy or happiness or calm or whatever. Mm. I often visualize what people are saying. I'm very visual in making sense of things. And somehow I had this vision of um, microfiche when you would go to the library and get those Mm. little floppy (laughs) disks like and put them. I don't even remember how we use those things, but you put them on the slide or whatever. And then as you're trying to find what you're looking for, there's this 
tons yeah, and tons of like you're scrolling yeah, past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just reminded me of that, this idea that to meditate is really just kind of letting all of those float past and then you will land on mm. the place that you need to be. Um, kind of like what you said even about this podcast. So that gave me a nice visual of how I don't have to work so hard to get all the thoughts out. I can let them be because they will lead me where mm. I need to go. Yeah, I like just like the fact that he said, you know, it's part of the process and you're doing it right. It's a sign that you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, it's part of the process. So I'm really intrigued to hear more from him and hear what mm -hmm. suggestions he has about actually, you know, about the process and how he suggests going about it. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if we've talked about this before on, on this podcast, but in the past when I've learned some about meditation, there are some pretty remarkable effects of it. And one of the people who talks a lot about this is Joe Dispenza. And I listen to him a fair amount and in this research that he's done and others have done, there's this collective energy when people meditate and that you meditating has not only effect on you, but, you know, the environment around you, it's kind of raising that vibration, that energy. But they would have in a small town or something, a lot of people gathered. And I don't remember if they were monks or just other people meditating for long periods of time. And the effect was felt in the town. Wow. There were things that changed in the town that week to people who were not meditating. Hmm. So just having this energy in town had a, a spillover effect. And so it doesn't surprise me then, like you said, in this episode, he talked about it doesn't just affect you in that moment. It affects you in the rest of your day and the rest of your life hmm. to be in that place and change your own, he didn't say it this way maybe, but to kind of change your own vibration and that that has an impact. Yes, and I think that certainly for me anyway is a real motivating reason to spend just something like just five minutes every day mm -hmm. on something that could have such a dramatic knock-on effect mm -hmm. and I think that's probably the way to look at it is to start with just a few minutes that doesn't seem like much and Rongan was saying that he has an agreement with people who come into his surgery and he talks about the benefits of meditation and they will agree between them they form a contract if you like that they have to agree to do it every day but they set the time so it might be you know two minutes he asks them you know how long do you spend cleaning your teeth two minutes right okay so let's spend two minutes but you've got to do it every day can you commit to doing it every day and he says that Almost without exception, those two minutes turn into five, turn into 10, turn into a 15 or 20 minute practice every day. Because like Light is talking about, because you just want to do it. You know, it's like with my swimming, it wasn't necessarily an overly enjoyable experience. The first time I went in really cold, but very quickly, it's become very enjoyable, almost addictive. And I look forward to doing it. I can feel the benefits of that, whatever it is, 15 minutes in the water, I can feel the knock on effect on the rest of my life. So it, you know, it's, it's tapping into a few things that I've either already experienced or things that I've um, 
this belief I've had that that I've wanted to get into meditation for a while and I think maybe you know this is the right moment to try it mm-hmm. and really stick to it even if it's just in this really short block of time every day I think your example of the cold water swimming fits too with what I was thinking about with meditation and why for me I think I have struggled to make a good practice of it is it's not something I don't know if other people experience this way but I don't feel the immediate benefit Mm. and I think sometimes I'm less likely to do something if I don't feel an immediate benefit but sounds like from what he was saying you know it's you build into it you feel it later Mm. And again, maybe not after the first 10 times you do it even, but you come to experience the benefit of it differently. And I think that's part of it for me. I haven't done it consistently enough yet Mm. to enjoy it and see reason why it's helpful. I think I was doing it more because I know I should do Mm -hmm. it. I know it would be good for me versus being at that other side of that where I know I feel better or something is better because of it. Yes, and I think entering into it with a sense of curiosity and a sense of, yeah, this, you know, this this could be really beneficial. I can see the logic behind it. And I've seen some other things that have that knock-on effect. So let's give it a go. But that's where I think it's important to make it so that it's not too overwhelming by just making it you know, just a few minutes every day to start with. So that's what I'm going to try. Very good. Well, I'll be interested in hearing how that goes and what you find when you listen to the larger episode and what else we can benefit from it. I will. I shall come back and let you know all about that in another episode. Very good. I hope everyone has a great week and Maybe we'll explore some meditation along with Daisy. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Have a lovely week. Bye.